the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. This hour sitting with me, Michelle Lerman. She is a super attorney, a super lawyer. She's actually a super lawyer. There's a title called Super Lawyer. Leave it to lawyers. (laughs) How do you become a super lawyer? Good question. I got a phone call and said, uh, congratulations, you are a super lawyer. Um, Is it number of people you free from jail? Is it uh, how many hours you bill? What's a super lawyer? I don't free people from jail. It's it's 5% of the lawyers in the state are named by super lawyers. They do a multi-phase selection process. They... Uh, survey other lawyers. They look at what you've done, and um, and they make their selection. So it was actually very exciting to get. Now I drive around a lot because I'm one of those people who's trapped in my car. And for years and years and years, I, I heard Lerman on the law. Um, I I vaguely knew you, or I vaguely knew your husband. As it turns out, what what was Lerman on the law all about? Because I'm sure our audience knows you. Yeah. Um, so my husband, uh, who I practice with, my husband of 27 years, we just celebrated our 27th wedding anniversary, actually. I'm so glad he reminded me the day before that our anniversary was coming up. He uh, he had a uh, radio show, Lerman on the Law, and he spoke about real estate updates, issues. Uh, it was a lot of fun. He uh, did it for quite a while. Now, I'm speaking as a man here when I say this. You don't look like you've been married for 27 years, unless oh, you got married nice. at age three. <laughs> that's very nice. You don't look a day over 30. Oh, my goodness. That's so, very nice. And you got a little Denise Richards, sexy, hot Denise Richards uh, going on in you. Okay. You know who Denise Richards is? <laughs> no. I'll pull her up on the, the internet for you. She's a okay. um, reality you. TV show. But oh, anyway. yes. I do yeah, know. Yeah. So I do you got know. a little bit of that I going. I do know. So I do anyway, know. I get shy around beautiful women and oh, you're beautiful women. I get shy around attorneys. Why do, why do people get nervous around attorneys? Why, why are we freaked out by attorneys? I think uh, we once were buying a home and uh, the sellers didn't want to sell to us just because we were lawyers. They were just convinced that we were going to sue. I said, you know what? (laughs) I I don't do that. I've actually never sued someone before personally. But I think that's what people think, that uh, if you're a lawyer, I think... Uh, too many lawyer jokes. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know what it is. Brother, We're trying to change that. My brother David is a personal injury attorney. Okay. And um, when his wife got pregnant, three months into the process, they go to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, you're an injury attorney. So I guess we'll be doing a C-section. And <laughs> she didn't even have the option of a vaginal birth. I mean, it was that much of a wow. anything goes wrong, you know, you're going to get sued in that scenario, especially by an injury attorney. So right. I guess lawyers do get a bad rap. Now, let's they talk do. about you, super lawyer Michelle Lerman. Um what type of law do you practice? Give so us a little I'm, background. I'm a certified specialist in estate planning, trust, and probate law. What people, I once sat down with someone for quite a while, and we were talking about what I do and all. And when I next, next met her uh, a few weeks later, and I said that I do living trusts, 
she said, oh, you do living trust. And here I had explained everything, and yet she didn't quite understand that the type of law I practice, uh, a big part of my practice is preparing preparing living trust. I also handle probate. And I also handle trust litigation. Anything to do with what happens upon my demise, what happens upon my incapacity, how do I protect my family? Um, and I... I love it because so many lawyers, they do get a bad rap, PI lawyers, ambulance chasers, and I help families. I help people and I help families. And my clients, when they walk out of the office, they almost always give me a hug. So um, it, it feels good what I do. I'd give you a hug, too. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you know, that cheap one's coming right in. I knew you were going to say that. I'm a that. man. She's a beautiful oh, woman. Oh, my goodness. Um, probate law. Let's slow down and let's let's figure out. I don't even know what probate means. What does a lot of people mean? don't? That's actually I know what a, a rebate great question. is. A rebate, a rebate. You get money back. Does probate <laughs> right. mean you you give money? Well, you do give money. Probate is actually a court procedure. So the probate happens at court. There's a filing fee. You hire a lawyer. Generally, there's a statutory fee that the lawyers paid. Everything happens through the supervision of the court. So, for example, one time someone called me, it was a real estate agent, had property for sale, and escrow was about to close. But the person on title was deceased. Okay. What do we do? We had to go into court to remove the deceased person from title. Obviously, a deceased person isn't going to sign the transfer deed. So probate is the court mechanism to transfer title. Okay. And that makes a little bit of sense. In that case, you'd have to show a death certificate and... Courts look at it and say, yep, title can be transferred, and that's a process, and get in a train Exactly, and the problem is that it's usually pretty time-consuming, and it's very, very expensive. Probate fees uh, are generally based on a statute that is based on the gross value of the assets. So you could be totally upside down in a house. In other words, you could have a huge mortgage, but if the gross value of the house is large, you're going to pay a very large statutory probate fee. And the lawyer gets that statutory fee and the executor under the will. So you can double what the fees are. I don't even like the sounds of that. I don't like the sound. uh, One of the problems you must face is I don't want to plan for my death. I think I'm going to live a pretty long time. I'll plan for it later. That's what my brother just told me. That's that's a pretty tough hurdle for you to get over is yeah. that none of us really want to deal with this. And I don't want to even think about probate at this point because I, I should have another good 10 years left in me. Right. Let's hope. Let's <laughs> hope. A few more than that. I, I, I'm not a good eater. So not a lot of vegetables in the diet, if you know what I'm saying. Well, my husband's actually at a funeral today. Um, a friend, uh, a friend, very dear friend, his brother passed away unexpectedly of a heart attack at age 52. Happens. It happens. So the cosmic bus will hit all of us, so to it speak. It happens. And I was trying to convince the the story about the um, the shoe cobbler and his family doesn't have shoes. And I've been uh, working on my brother to get his estate plan done. And he just told me the other night, he said, Michelle, I'm not planning to go anywhere. <laughs> well, but it's good to plan. It is good to plan. It's good to plan. Especially for the the people left behind. Absolutely. Because when you die, the worst thing that can happen is that you're supposed to be mourning this person. And then you have to go through their paperwork. And exactly. then you have to figure out how to change everything and where the trust is and where the will is and where the you know the assets are supposed to go. So I'm right. speaking with Michelle Lerman. She's a uh, super attorney. She's a estate planning attorney. She's also a real estate broker. What's What's up with being a real estate broker? I started selling homes actually when I was in high school. My father's a real estate developer, so I grew up uh, in the in the business. 
And became, I was a real estate agent before I was a lawyer. And then once I became a lawyer, I became a broker. I don't practice. I don't buy and sell property for ourselves. But it's our background and our firm is known as the real estate investor's lawyer. We certainly are experts in real estate. When it comes to buying a home, if you're going to do it as an investment, you really want to get attorneys involved. Why is that? Our practice right now has grown tremendously, and a huge part of that growth is litigation. Because when you don't have the lawyer to plan things out and make sure that the contracts are reviewed, that's when the that's when it often ends up in litigation. So much less expensive to get a lawyer involved at the beginning, make sure you're doing it right, and save get, a lot of headache and costs in, in the long run. I get emails all the time that I ultimately refer out because it's a brother-in-law gets into a business relationship with his his his, his father, and then suddenly the real estate deal goes bad, and families hate each other. Two neighbors going on a property, two friends going on a property. Get an attorney before you even look at the property. Make sure everything's spelled out. Basic Absolutely. Idea. And look at some asset protection. Should you have an entity to own the real estate one of them rather is, than one of buying them it personally? So sure. Spell everything out, so to Absolutely. speak. Absolutely. Now, we're going to bob and weave in between real estate and estate planning and, and living trusts. We're speaking with Michelle Lerman, super attorney. If anyone has a question, pick up the phone, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. A living trust, what is it and who needs it, Michelle? A living trust is basically an instruction manual that you leave to your family. It's an instruction manual that says who's going to handle things for you and where you want it to go. I got a phone call yesterday from a woman and her sister has fourth stage cancer. And the sister was trying to explain that you really need to have your affairs in order. And she says, why do I need anything? Everything that I own is mine. I've worked hard. I've earned it. And I don't know why I would need planning. And my question was, where does your sister, where does she want her assets to go? That's what a living trust would do. It would specify where she wants it to go. This woman, she'd been married a long time. She has a daughter from a prior marriage. What does she want? Her spouse to get? What does she want her daughter to get? And in this day and age, the nuclear family, people are married two times, three times. They're they're inheriting someone else's kids. It's, exactly. It's pretty insane. Your, your job must be frustrating because it's also a lot of tension as far as dealing with family issues and who's the favorite kid, who's not the favorite kid. Issues along those lines. It's very sensitive. I don't know that I would say that it's so frustrating It because I... I think that I have a good approach with people to find out what they what they really want. Recently, someone came into my office and didn't really speak with one child, um, but was very close with the other three. And when she came in, she said she didn't want to leave anything to the son that she wasn't close with. And I just asked her, is that going to make it better? It's a good question. And in the long run, she called me about a week later and she could not thank me enough because we really talked about what's it going to be like after you're not here? What's the relationship of your one son going to be to your other sons? I'm in the industry um, of money management issues, and I once saw a grandfather leave money to his daughter, but not his son, and then leave money to his son's daughter. So and not her and not his daughter's kids. So not only did he pick a favorite kid, then he picked a favorite grandkid, and everyone in the family hates each other. 
No Christmases together, no holidays together, no love, no hugs. They all hate each other. and They've been fighting forever. Um, managing what you leave behind is pretty important because you're dead. Don't make the family hate each other. You are so right. You are so, so right. And and what's most important about a living trust, it's not only an instruction on who you want to get yeah. your assets and who's going to handle it, but that's the primary vehicle we use to keep it out of probate. Why would you want a judge involved and why would you want to pay $40,000 in executor's fees, probate fees, instead of paying $2,500 to have an estate plan prepared with a living trust? Why? My family's going to have problems because there's six of us. And my oldest brother, he wants my mom's house and none of the other five of us don't. It's kind of creepy to us. And in her will, it says very clearly, house gets sold, split six ways. That's the that's her idea of equity. And I think it's a good idea, but there's going to be hurt feelings because he wants the house and he doesn't have the money to buy us out. And Anyway, you get the idea. We all have these estate planning issues. Let's go to a phone call. Brett in Fremont. Brett, how are you? Brett. Sounds like car phone. Maybe he's dead. <laughs> so, that's, that's optimistic. <laughs> that's what I'm assuming. What a lovely thought. He's dead to me. Okay. So he's ruining my show. Okay. Calls in on a weak cell phone, weak plan, and ultimately drops. But he was asking about liability on a property, um, rental property, or investment properties. How much liability should you ultimately have? How much liability? Can you can you make that in plain in plain English? What are you asking? I'm I'm, I'm making up his question for him. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming he has an investment property. Okay. And I'm assuming he has insurance on it, but he also doesn't want to get sued if they fall down or right. along those issues. Right. Is that something you consult in? Uh, that's something that our firm would would Look consult up. in. Uh, one of the vehicles often used for um, asset protection would be equity stripping. In other words, if something is fully encumbered, then a creditor can't can't get it because it's not really worth getting. You have to be really careful when you do asset protection like that or any sort of equity stripping because the rules on fraudulent conveyance are very strict. Um, it's not right to defraud a creditor, and it's not legal to defraud a creditor. So. Um, you have to be very careful when you uh, when you deal in that area. Have to run off to break, but before we head off to break, I want to again mention I'm speaking with Michelle Lerman, super lawyer. We're talking estate planning. We're talking trust. We're talking wills. We're talking probate. Any question that you have for us, you can always say she doesn't know. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. She also has some seminars coming up um, September 17th in Nevada. It's free. It's going to be on estate planning. September 22 in San Rafael. It's free. It's going to be on estate planning issues. And September 24th, uh, two events, 10 in the morning and 7 in the night in Mill Valley. So I'll talk a little bit about those a little later in the show as well. You get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. I see two calls on hold. Hang in there. We'll get right to you. One eight hundred three four five K N E W. This is Rob Black. This has kind of got me a little ruffled. I do this show every day, Michelle. Michelle Lerman, Super Attorney, sitting in with us. I don't get four phone calls ringing off the hook like this. You bring in an attorney, and the phones ring. What can I say? <laughs> I'm not too happy about this. So, and certainly, I'm not going to talk about it on air. So my manager gives her this my show. 
We don't want that. Let's go first and foremost to Marin. Uh, Michelle, you're from Marin. I am. You are. So Maybe I know the caller. Let's go to Don. Don and Marin. Good morning. What's your question, Don? Um, I've got a trust that I took out in 1997, my wife and I, and we have people on the trust that we would like to uh, eliminate. And what I'm looking for is where would I go and what would it cost me for this, to me, simple dumping? Okay. So the first thing you could do is go back to who drafted your 1997 trust. If you were happy and the lawyer's good and competent, I would recommend that you work with a certified specialist. Um, You could certainly go back to the lawyer who drafted it. If not, uh, we're happy to see you. You could go to any lawyer you want can look at that trust and do a simple amendment for you. So what kind of pricing are we talking about? I mean, uh, my wife took all this out, and I went along with it uh, with no questions at the time. And uh, she said uh, afterwards, you know, that sounds awful expensive, what we just did, blah, blah. Right. Well, 1997 is a a pretty old trust. Most likely what you think is a simple amendment to take a few people off and and change what we call the beneficiary is probably going to end up being a restatement. Uh, In other words, a new trust instrument. I'm guessing that the terms in your trust are pretty outdated and you're focusing on the beneficiary, which obviously is significant. The beneficiary is who's going to get your assets. But there's a lot of other things, especially when you're married. When you did your plan, boy, the exclusion amount was a lot lower than it is today. Today, the exclusion amount is $3.5 million. So it's a whole different ballgame than what it was in 1997. So if I had to guess, I would say you're looking at a restatement and you'll want to spend anywhere between $2,500 to $3,500 for a decent restatement. Now, having said that, I haven't seen your 1997 trust. I don't know you. I don't know the size of your estate, what you want, what your goals are, but that should sort of give you a ballpark. And let me just caution you when it comes to estate planning, you don't want the cheapest, most inexpensive lawyer. You really want an attorney who's specialized, who's going to give you what you want, because let's face it, when are you going to know if your plan was done wrong or right? I see. Don, let me ask you real quick. Why are you changing the terms? Why did someone piss you off? Did someone die? What made you change the what you want to give? Well, we've got a we've got a daughter that has totally gone crazy. Uh, we haven't seen her in about fifteen years, and uh, she has gone into this thing of strictly living off of the state, you know, having kids, and uh, that's her living. And uh, she just romps around, and she has taken her daughter down the same line. And uh, my wife and I have been looking at this for like 15 years now, and it's like, do we really want to add to this monogamy of never we haven't seen them in 15 years good stuff that's all i need to know i knew there was a good story there michelle and this happens often and trust there's to to draft a trust and to update a trust trust should be updated every five to ten years michelle i would say in this climate actually every couple of years every year you should look and see if there's been a plan a change what's the weirdest writer that you've seen in a trust like for instance um Paris Hilton her trust said that she had to graduate college for her to get the money something like that have you ever seen like 
my kid has to be married before they get the trust money. My kid has to not have sex until they're 30. Uh, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in one? Uh, I've seen about everything. Okay. But I don't, uh, that's not what I recommend. I mean, if you said uh, my child can get this money when she graduates college, God forbid, what if she's in an accident? She can't go to college. Okay. What if she has brain damage? You're Do you being, really want to disinherit your child? I want crazy. I want, you know, all my money goes to the cat. What's the craziest thing you've seen in a trust? I have seen all my money goes to my, goes to a cat, which in California used to not be able to give um, to yeah. an animal. Now we can do a pet trust. You can actually leave money to your animal. That's nuts. Let's go to Mike in Palo Alto. Mike? Hey, Rob, real quick. I don't know if there's any way out of this, but... Uh... Me and my daughter bought a piece of property out of state, New Mexico, about four or five years ago. She, she's been paying on it, and, uh, but it's all still on my credit. I'm having a hard time getting anything done, and I'm trying to find if there's a legal way I can just get it over to her without her after trying to buy it. Michelle, you know. Is this... Well, my first thought is, why wouldn't you just quick claim it to her? Are you saying it's upside down? There's no real value there. It's just a liability uh, it's, for it's you. Upside down, but not by a lot. But it is, okay. it is uh, under equity. But I'm not sure. You know, everybody tells me that she would have to refinance it and and sort of buy me out. But she's not really in a position to do that. So you're also uh, on the mortgage, right? Right. Okay. Right. So, I well, I don't know. Uh, I, it's something I'd want to look into further. But my first thought is to there's different ways of transferring property. One is a sale. And that's what they've told you a buyout. Another way is a gift. You can give in California 13000 to each uh, individual per year and use your annual exclusion gift. So you could give 13000 of an interest in that property this year. And then January 1, you could give another 13000 you can give more than that if there's still more equity than that and use your part of your lifetime exclusion uh, and just file a gift tax return but not pay gift tax and just allocate some of your exclusion to that. So there are mechanisms. I think what you're referring to is there's probably a due on sale clause that they're worried about triggering. And that is a that is a legitimate concern. In other words, the note might say that upon transfer of the property, the note becomes due. And that oh, okay. that is that is an issue. And that's probably what people what the advice you're getting, what they're alluding to. All right. All right. Okay. Good luck with that. Let's squeeze in another quick one. Robert in Santa Rosa and again, Michelle, that's why I say never buy real estate with family members. It sounds like a good idea. Sometimes it is a good idea, but oof. Makes it tough on the family. It does. Robert in Santa Rosa. Okay. So how are you guys doing? My, uh, my two brothers and I are beneficiaries to my mother's trust who just passed away. One brother is looking to file for bankruptcy because he's getting a divorce. He's completely upside down on his house. Is there any way to shield those assets and, and that inheritance from the bankruptcy? Or Yeah. You want to work closely with your bankruptcy attorney. And get very specific advice because lawyers have to look in detail at the specific set of facts. You want to make sure that you involve your bankruptcy uh, attorney. First of all, my condolences on the loss of your mother. I know it must be very difficult. And then on top of it to deal with these financial issues. It's very difficult. Um, The other thought is to consider if, if you're within nine months of date of death to consider a qualified disclaimer 
of assets. Okay. And a recent case held that a qualified disclaimer does not uh, violate the fraudulent uh, conveyance uh, statutes, that if you're in trouble, you can disclaim property. In other words, you say, wait, I don't want it. And then it goes according to what the trust says. But the rules are very strict, so you'll want to uh, consult with the bankruptcy lawyer for more detail on that. So even if it's left in my mother's trust as beneficiaries to a dead woman, they're still considered our assets that are visible to the bankruptcy? They are, unless there is a disclaimer. Okay. And though the disclaimer has to be done within nine months of date of death in writing before receiving any benefits of the property, there's very, very strict rules. But again, talk directly with your bankruptcy lawyer because that's a very, very specialized field and you want to get advice from that bankruptcy attorney. Great. Well, thank you very much. Good luck on that. Anything else you want to add to that? No? How about the question? Um, I'm going to come back with this question because we need to run a break and make a little bit of money. But the question that I want to come back to is in the state of California, how about vegetables? Uh, when people are in a vegetative state, and I'm not talking about eating vegetables. I'm talking <laughs> I was about going to say farmers market. No, ter- that's Thursday. I'm talking Terry Shivo type uh, situations yeah. and trusts, yeah. and uh, yeah. how that gets addressed in trust and estate planning. Now, the seminars that you're doing, who would be ideal for attending them? Someone who owns a home. Owns a home. Someone who cares where their assets go. Okay. That means that they might want to go to charity, to a friend. Any place other than uh, lawyers and legal fees. Okay. Well, protecting children and bad marriages and things along those lines. So I'll tease these seminars when we come back. But short, September 17th, she's going to be in Novato. September 22, she's going to be in San Rafael. September 24, she's going to be in Mill Valley. I'll tease these and tell you where you can go to sign up for them. They're free. Um, it's typically for high net worth individuals, but I'll tell a little bit more about that when we come back. If you have phone calls for Michelle, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Talk 910 KNEW, helping you make sense of the complicated world of money and finance. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Now, today I'm talking a different financial angle. I got Michelle Lerman. You can find her on law, online at LermanLaw.com. LermanLaw.com is another website, but why give out to? LermanLaw.com is just as good, but I'll give out the other one just to confuse people. Real estate investor law. Realestateinvestorlaw.com. Now, Michelle is a super attorney. Now, she specializes in estate planning, probate. Is that specialty? Is that good enough? Yeah. Yeah. A certified specialist actually by the state bar. So the state bar will certify you if you have a certain amount of experience and they check references. You have more continuing education. It's actually a very nice designation for an estate planning attorney to have and something I'd actually recommend to all your listeners if they are hiring an attorney to do their living trust, it would be nice if it were uh, a certified specialist as it sort of does some of your due diligence for you. You know that they have that designation. A lot of what I do on the show is I tell people managing what you own is just as important as managing what you owe. But what you kind of do is you come in later in life and you help people keep what they've earned in their whole life and make sure that it doesn't get taxed inefficiently or it doesn't lose value inefficiently or the property doesn't reassess to a higher tax bracket. So it is all things financial on the show today. So we're talking with Michelle Lerman. Um, now, Michelle, we live in historic times 
we've seen the dot-com boom, and we saw people go out and buy real estate. Then we saw the real estate boom, we saw the dot-com bust, and we saw the real estate sort of bust, or at least deflate a little bit. Talk about the historic times that we're living in. We do live in historic times. You're absolutely right. Property values are very low. We're also in historic times in terms of estate tax. As I mentioned to the caller, I think it was Don, the exclusion amount right now is $3.5 million. What does that mean? That means that you can leave $3.5 million and not pay estate tax. That, that is... If you do it right. You don't even have to do anything to get that exclusion. Okay. That's what's so historic about it. Just last year, it was $2 million. And before that, it was a million and a half. And before that... Way back, it was actually not way back, not that long ago. It was only 500000 Now you can leave $3.5 million and not pay estate tax. That's historic. And property values are low, meaning that you can leave more assets because the value is so low. A lot of people, they get tripped up on that and confused, and they think, oh, then I don't need to do my estate planning. I can leave all that, and there's no estate tax. What's the problem? And the problem is probate. Because people think that estate tax and probate, that it's one issue. It's not one issue. Probate, as we discussed, is a court proceeding. It's very expensive. There's statutory probate fees. There's filing fees. Filing fees have even gone up significantly. So people need to do their planning to deal with this higher exclusion and in order to avoid probate. I'm actually glad you do this, and I'm glad you're here because I don't want to do what you do. So, <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> to me, I want to talk about Steve Jobs and Apple. Okay. I mean that with respect, and, right. and right. you hire the right people to do the right job. Right. Let's get some phone calls squeezed in. I think Dana looks pretty interesting. Dana's calling from Campbell, California. Nice little community. Dana, how are you? Oh, good. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Um, within a will, can you designate who your daughter um, goes to upon your demise if you have sole legal physical custody? So you're a single mom. Were you ever married? Yes. And we know who the father is, right? Yes. And you don't want your daughter to go to the father if you get hit by a bus? Well, he doesn't see her, yes. Okay, so you'd want it to go to a sister or somebody like that? Yes. Okay. Michelle, thoughts? When, when you started out asking the question, I thought you were going to say, can you designate who your daughter marries? <laughs> no. Who she goes to? I'm like, this is very, very interesting. I had one client who left things uh, in trust until their child was 62. And I thought, okay, now we're, now we're talking to someone who wants to know if they can leave uh, in their estate plan who their child marries. Okay. Um, that's a great question. And, and it does come up. Typically, a family law judge is going to want to see the biological father as the guardian, even if you put your aunt or your mother or your dearest friend. That's just typically what a family law uh, judge would do. And a guardianship is something that is confirmed. No matter what you put in the will, it, it is going to be confirmed in in a by a family law judge. Having said that, I'm just actually doing trust administration for for something a situation that's that's similar and what we did is we put a very long confidential letter in the file explaining why the biological father would make a very dangerous and poor choice of a guardian and it looks like it's not going to be a problem they um 
uh, the aunt is going to be the guardian, and that's who was designated in the will, and it looks like that will go smoothly. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sure. So thanks, Dana. Boy, we got all sorts of callers today. It's interesting to learn what your audience is all about. So It is. Well, it is it for is. me. So let's go to Charlotte in Santa Rosa. Charlotte? Hello? Hi. Okay, Charlotte in Santa Clara. <laughs> Oops, Santa Clara, Santa Rosa, Santa Robbie. Cruz, Santa Claus. <laughs> what's your question or what's your thought? Thanks for having Michelle on and kicking us in the butt because my husband and I need to get a living will. We have two young kids and a um, five-year-old and a almost three-year-old. And what do we, Michelle, what do we need to have prepared before going into seeing a lawyer? First of all, you, you technically don't need to have anything prepared. Go into the lawyer and the lawyer will give you a list of exactly what the lawyer needs. In our office, it's very helpful. And what we do is we email a mini questionnaire. It's simple to fill out. Just tells me the basics. What are the names of your children? What assets do you have? Do you have life insurance? Do you have a financial planner? Just gives me the basics. And that way, when we do a consultation, it can be pretty, pretty quick, uh, pretty quick and easy. Yeah. And the other thing you should know is that nowadays you don't need to go to the lawyer down the street. You're in uh, Santa Clara. You could hire a lawyer anywhere in California. What you really want is the lawyer that you feel comfortable with. We do plans all over California and we between phone and and email, um, the plan is done and the plan is sent. I like it when she pushes her own business, <laughs> i.e. don't go to the lawyer in Santa Clara, hire her. You could also go to the lawyer in Santa Clara, and I would also make sure that they're a certified specialist. Yeah. I like, okay. the, I like it when the arrogance or the conceit comes into it, and you're like, bring me the hey. business. I'm good at No, it's it's true, and I, I don't, it, it's not shameless. I'm totally with it. Um, I wanted to ask a follow-on question with her, but I forgot what it was going to be. Oh, I wanted to ask you about the vegetable. Um, what happens if someone makes a living trust and then they go into a vegetative state? They have a stroke or something along those lines. Or what happens if the, the person who the money is supposed to go to goes into a vegetative state? They, um, Sarah, was that Sarah from Santa Clara, mentioned a living will that she and her husband, they have two young mm-hmm. kids, three and five. They need to do a living will. Actually, in California, we don't do a living will it's actually called a living trust, but a living will is something we used to prepare to say, I, if I'm in a vegetative state, I don't want medical treatment. Right. Now what we do is a health care directive, okay. and that should be part of your estate plan. So you can really talk about your 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 desires. And what you have- do you what do you want? And with the Terry Shivo matter, if you remember, there was the husband that was saying take out the feeding tube. Right. And then there were the parents saying keep in the feeding tube. So you really want a very comprehensive health care directive that specifies what are your wishes in terms of a feeding tube? Who's more powerful in the court of law? Parents or spouse? Well, in that case, it was the spouse, and typically it's going to be the spouse. But I do write some health care directives where they name the parent. So, again, you have to take charge of your own matters. Do you want it to be your parent? Do you want it to be your spouse? And then that's what you provide. Head into break. Don't forget, um, you can actually meet Michelle Lerman. She's going to be in Novato on 17th, in San Rafael on the 22nd, in Mill Valley on the 24th. You can call to get a reservation. It's 415-454-0455. I said that too fast, so I'm going to come back. I'm going to tease it at the end of the show, into the hour, 
800-345-4455. But to get your calls on this show, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Rob Black is watching your wallet live and local. Call 1-800-345-KNEW. Every state seems to have their own estate planning laws or twists or turns. In California, you can hold property as joint tenants. How does that play into estate planning, Michelle? That's actually a great question because people often think, I don't need a living trust. I'm just going to hold my property as joint tenants. Let it pass to my beneficiaries by the automatic right of survivorship. Well, first of all, where is it going to go if the other person on title should pass away with you? For example, we have four children. My biggest fear is what if something happens to both me and my husband. So joint tenancy isn't really going to avoid going through probate. So when people do that, it's obviously because they haven't thought it out well enough. What you really need is a comprehensive estate plan. And almost always I can say that joint tenancy is not going to be the right answer. Because you lose control of the property and you might end up in probate anyways. I tend to advise people to have a will in your 20s and 30s. And if you don't have a lot, you should still have a will. For instance, I've got a frying pan that I would want to go to my sister. It's charcoal. It was my mother. She used it when she was two years old. It's fantastic. I I don't want a spouse to get that. I want that to stay in the family. So I could do that at LegalZoom. I could do pretty basic stuff at LegalZoom. But as you start accumulating wealth and as you start having siblings and, and kids and things along those lines, you do want an estate plan. Absolutely. And people sometimes think that estate planning is just a document. You can go to LegalZoom and print it out and you, right. you've got yourself a document. But first of all, there's not just the trust. Even though you have a trust, you need a will, you need a comprehensive health care directive, you need a durable power of attorney, you need the general assignment. And then what about life insurance? What about retirement accounts? So really what you want is an advisor, a quarterback. Do you have enough insurance? Who should be the beneficiary of your insurance? Should it be the trust? And why do we want to avoid probate? Why is that it's so important? It's very expensive. It's expensive. Okay. To expensive. go through probate. And so. time consuming. Ask your, if you ever get a chance to talk in front of a group right. of people like I do, I always say, has anyone here had experience with probate? How long did it take to get through probate? One person said five years. One person says three years. One per, it's, it's generally pretty time consuming because it's a court process, filing fees, notice periods. Let's go to Larry in Oakland. Larry? Uh, my question is whether the, the trust I'm about to describe can be invalidated. Uh, uh, the husband uh, was wealthy, but in the early stages of Alzheimer's, set up a trust, a small trust for his children, even though it's a very large estate. And um, when he died, uh, the, the, the trust is controlled by the wife, as a second wife, and she just told the kids, well, you're not going to get a dime of this un- until I die. And that has indeed been the case. Uh, she hasn't paid out almost anything, or she's paid out almost nothing. And now that the children are in their 60s, two of them are close to being indigent because of layoffs. Is there some way to invalidate this trust? Because clearly it would not have been the father's intent. Right. It sounds like you, the key point is Alzheimer's, early stages Alzheimer's. So the question is, would that Alzheimer's have prevented him from having legal capacity to prepare this plan? I can tell you the the threshold for legal capacity is very low. It's it's not so difficult to have legal capacity to sign a trust or a will. 
But sure, it's definitely something to look into. Also, what are the terms of the trust? If the wife is trustee, is she administering the trust properly? So those are the two things that I would focus on. Great. Okay. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Janet Mountain View. Janet, how are you? My question has to do with uh, sale of property. I own property that is paid off. I haven't lived in it for many years. It's never been a rental. And I'd like to know if there are any exceptions uh, to the tax exclusion rule where it says you have to live two out of the last five years. Yeah, that I want you to call your CPA for, income okay. tax question. I love All right, well, thanks very much. Thanks for the call. <laughs> she has this huge gain. She doesn't want to pay tax. And it's always been an investment property. I think she's going to be stuck paying the tax on that one. Uh, Maria in Redwood City. Maria? Hi. Uh, my mother um, has a living trust, and my sister, my brother, and I are their beneficiaries. But my brother is on permanent disability. And we're wondering uh, when my mother passes away and my brother comes into the inheritance, would that jeopardize his uh, benefits? Absolutely. You're going to want to have a look into a special needs trust. It could either be a standalone trust, a separate document for your brother, or it could be a testamentary special needs trust. But it's a good point. You're definitely going to want to look into that. Thank you so very much. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Now, in probate, there's also a privacy issue. I want people to see my how much money I died with, but some people <laughs> don't. I thought I got a chuckle out of her. I couldn't get anything else out of her. Um, let's talk a little bit about these seminars that you're doing. And again, I'm promoting them. And I like you. I will never put anyone on the air that I don't like and trust. That's really important for people to know. Thank you. Um, Novato, you're going to be at the Courtyard by Marriott September 17th at 10 a.m. I'm going to give a phone number in just a second. September 22, you're going to be in San Rafael at the Embassy Suite, 7 p.m. September 24, you're doing two, two events, 10 a.m., 7 p.m. at the Aqua Hotel in Mill Valley. Now, the phone number is 415-454-0455. It's 415-454-0455. It's free, but you have to make a reservation, so you have to call her offices. You can also jump online if you can't remember that phone number. She's got a super easy uh, website, LermanLaw.com, LermanLaw.com. This is a public education thing that, let's say I'm 35. I don't need to know this right now. I don't think I do, but I might need to know it from my parents. Or I might want to start prepping the knowledge. So in five, ten years when I start putting together my estate plan, um, it might be more appropriate. When is the right age to put together a estate plan, Michelle? There's no age, but if you have assets, this is something that you'll want to come to. If you have any assets. Now, how about the situations um, like the next time I'm going to get you on, I want you to talk about celebrities like Elvis. He died unexpectedly. His estate plan had to be a big deal. Um, Anna Nicole Smith, she married an old geezer. And that estate plan... There's a story of the old geezer estate plan. It was all over the news. It's all in media. But then when she died, her estate went to her kid who we didn't know who the father was and we still don't. I want you to do some celebrity estate planning issues. That sounds like a great topic. So it, it is a good topic, I think, because that's pe- something we can relate to and we don't have to project it on ourselves because I don't want to die, Michelle. Right. And I don't want to start, start talking about estate planning. Right. But I, I think and I hope that you agree that estate planning gives you peace of mind while you're living. And then you put it away, and you know it's done, and you and you feel good about it. But you do update it because, absolutely. In your case, you've got four children. Yeah, we do. I still don't believe that. We do. The um, oldest is twenty-two. But in five, ten years from now, he's going to be thirty, and right. it's going to be a totally different angle on what you want to give and why you want to give and how you want to give.
Absolutely. So that's the whole idea on updating estate plans. Anyway, thanks for being here. We'll bring her on again. She makes the phone rings. I like the phones ringing. Um, it's the Rob Black Show. Again, you can find Michelle Lerman at LermanLaw.com. LermanLaw.com. And their number is 415-454-0455. Wealth is about accumulating it. It's about managing. It's about insurance. It's about investments. It's about taxes. It's about mortgages. But it's also about how you leave that wealth behind. Don't forget that. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.